with you today on this subject of watch your back. Everyone say, watch your back. Uh, a, f- a few years ago, I w- had the opportunity, and I, I've mentioned this, I had the opportunity to go to Brazil. And if you've ever been in, a, in another country, uh, it's amazing. It's a lot different than, than the United States. Amen? And when I was in Brazil, they took us to the street market and, uh, and wanted to take us over there so we can get some knockoff Ray-Bans. And, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Some of you know what I'm talking about. Uh, where you can buy, you know, knockoff stuff or whatever. And uh, so we went down there to see the, the street market. And while we're down there, our interpreter, he said, we're coming into the street market just a little bit late. And it was me and, and two other guys, all from America, you know, just like we're, we stick out like a sore thumb down there. And, uh, and he, s- he said this. He goes, we're coming in a little bit late. And uh, he said, we're not going to stay here long. And he said, when you get into this crowd, he said, watch your back. He said, uh, if, you, if you have your wallet, make sure you, you got your wallet and, and make sure that people aren't bumping into you and pay attention to your surroundings. This is what our interpreter said. And matter of fact, when we got into the crowd and there we were, and he even said, hey, just so you know, these guys over here are talking about you guys right now. And, and then I was like, oh, okay, is that good? Is that bad? He said, I don't know. I'm listening to him. He said, but just be aware. And so he would, he would point those things out. And while we were there, um, I remember that got a little bit later, and there was something. I don't know what he saw or what he knew that I didn't know. But at one point, he goes, let's go. Grab whatever you're getting, and let's go. Let's get out of here. And he goes, let's go back to the car, he said, because we need to get out of here now. And I was like, okay. So the whole time, I'm like, hey, 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 well, watching my back all the way to the car, get in the car. And I'm still watching my back as we're driving away because I don't know what he saw or what. But how many of you have ever been in a situation where you have to watch your back? Some of you say, well, it's kind of like the, the mob boss. You know, he's got to go into the restaurant. He's always got to face the door because he doesn't want his back to the door, right? Um, and, and so watch your back. And I want to look at this, this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 25, verses 17 through 19. And uh, I'm going to look at your neighbor and say, watch your back. All right, good. And... Um, I think there's something very valuable that we can learn out of this scripture today. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 25, verse 17 through 19 says this. Remember what Amalek did to you on the way as you came out of Egypt. How he attacked you on the way when you were faint and weary. Did you catch that? When did he attack them? When they were faint and when they were weary. And cut off your tail. Those who were lagging behind you, and he did not fear God. Therefore, when the Lord your God has given you rest from all your enemies around you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for an inheritance to possess, look at this, you shall blot out the memory of Amalek from under heaven. You shall not forget. Everyone say, you shall not forget. Forget. Let's pray. Lord, Heavenly Father, today, God, I pray, Lord, that your word would go forth. God, I ask, Lord, that you would just use me how you see fit today. God, I pray, Lord, the words that come from my mouth would not be mine. Lord, they would be from you. God, I pray, Lord, that lives would be changed. God, I I pray, Lord, those who are weary, those who are feeble in their heart, God, would, would leave lifted up in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we give you all the praise and glory. And everyone said, 
Amen. So C.S. Lewis, the great Christian thinker, and he was an author and Oxford professor, said that the primary task of teaching is not so much to reveal as it is to remind. All my teachers in the house said, Amen. It's not always about revealing information as much as it is reminding people about information. And the old adage is this, rep repetition is the mother of learning, right? The over and over. If you want to learn something, you gotta you got to repeat it over and over and over. It, it sometimes, and I'm bad about this, sometimes I have, a, I have to really stop when someone tells me their name and think about their name because if I do not do that, guess what? I will forget their name within 30 seconds. Anybody with me on that? All right. I'm not the only one. So if I forget your name, I'm like, hey, buddy, just tell me your name and I'll get it. I promise. Uh, I promise. But um, and evidently, Moses would agree. See, the book of Deuteronomy is a reminder uh, uh, the, the author of this book is Moses. And it's basically this. The whole book is just a repeat of kind of what you've already learned. And he goes through a whole list of things that, that God has spoke to them. And he is repeating them, and he is reminding them that what God has done for them, what God has taught them, and what God expected of them. How many, how many need that in your life? How many wish you had something like that in your life? You do. Trick question right there. Gotcha. You do. And, and so he is reminding them, and uh, it's the Bible. And my job as a pastor, uh, the shepherd of this flock, is not – not only to reveal scripture and not only to reveal things to you, but to remind you so you don't forget. How many are forgetful? I'm forgetful sometimes. And I had this basketball coach growing up, and, and I always heard, you know, um, practice makes perfect. You know, you do it over and over, repetition, you, 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 it makes it perfect. But he would say this. He says, practice doesn't make perfect. It makes permanent. You do it over and over and over and over again. Guess what? It becomes second nature. And he taught us in basketball. He said, if you will do these things and you will do them continually, it will be it'll just be natural to you out there on the basketball court. I have a thick skull. Guess what? It wasn't I had to really repeat things over and over and over and over and over again. And our scripture reference today. Look at this. It starts with remember. It's what Moses says. Remember. And it ends with go to the last portion of that scripture. You shall not forget. So two points here, two points that Moses is telling the children of Israel. Hey, you need to remember and you need not forget. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, you need to remember and you need not forget. Say, remember and forget what? That's, that's the next question. Well, I'm glad you guys asked that because that's, that's important to my sermon, okay? And remember and, and not forget, and he's, he's, uh, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel, Israel that the Amalekites had attacked them. There's a group of people and from the descendants of, of uh, Esau. Matter of fact, they were a little bit snaky. They didn't attack you from the front, but what the Am Amalekites did is they would attack you from behind. They would ambush you. They they were were very sneaky. They were very guerrilla warlike tactics, and they would wait for you to pass. And guess what they would do? Jump out from the rocks and attack those in the back what they did and so Moses is saying there and he, he's saying remember remember these these things as you cross into the promised land he's he's not going to make it he knows that he's writing this Deuteronomy and he's writing this basically farewell letter sermon to them and letting them know hey 
do this. But he's saying this. When you get into the promised land, blot out the Amalekites or take them out. Be done with them. Be done with them. Remember what they did to you. Everyone say, remember what they did to you. And this is the way that uh, 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 Amalek, they always, and, and you can write this down. And I don't, my points are going to be obscure today, but that's okay. You can write this down. Amalek always attacks the back of the pack. Amalek always attacks the back of the pack. And you say, hey, what does that have to do with me, TJ? I'm glad that you asked that question again. Amalek represents what we go through presently. And how many know that we have an ad adversary? That's what the scripture says. Matter of fact, at 1 Peter 5, 8, uh, you know, Peter would remind us, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. There's this, uh, this classical, well, I, I don't know, this old, crusty, classical preacher. I, I, hope, I hope when I die, you guys call me an old, classical, crusty preacher, because I think that's pretty cool. I don't know why. I just think I, but A.W. Tozer, he said this, spiritual Christians look at the world as a battleground and not as a playground. That's a very profound statement, and it's true. There are battles around you, and there are battles around me, spiritually speaking, and we face things. And some of you say, I'm going through something right now. And, and, and can I tell you, it's quite literally a jungle out there at times, amen, spiritually speaking. And I can't help but think when I look at, at Tozer's uh, a statement there, I can't help but think Christians today have made the world their playground and say, hey, the world is my oyster, meaning that, hey, this world's got lots of opportunities for me, and it's all about what I want. And, and here's what, when we, when we lose focus and we make the world our playground and not realize that it's a battleground that, that God has not called us uh, to be, uh, we're, we're in this world, but we're not to be of this world. But uh, many, this is what I know, and, and, and I pray this isn't you, but many are playing church instead of being the church. Oh, that's pretty. That's 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 coming out strong. Well, I'm I'm just Tozer said it, so I'm I'm reiterating him. I'm I'm going to be crusty today, okay? Many are playing church instead of being the church, and and many are swinging on the swings in the playground rather than swinging the the sword of the spirit. And many are 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 play are hiding from the enemy rather than standing firm in the authority of the solid rock of Jesus Christ. I'm glad right now we're on, and, and we're going through Ephesians because Ephesians is, is a, about a lot of spiritual warfare and, and dealing with those things. And we're, 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 we're slowly going through it and we're, we're growing in that. But many people are hiding. It's like we're, we're in the playground and we're just playing hide and seek with the enemy and we're running from the enemy. The enemy's bad and this rather than standing and firm in what we know Jesus Christ says about us, who we are and what authority we have in him. Amen. Do you believe that today? Here's, here's, here's what it says, it, it, and, and look at your neighbor say, say, it's a battleground, not a playground. Stop playing around. It's a battleground, not a playground, so stop playing around. And, and, and it's a jungle out there, and the devil who, who is prowling around like a roaring lion looking to devour you or to prey on you, and that's not P-R-A-Y, that's P-R-E-Y, and that means eat you. He wants to take you out. 
And it said this, that in the jungle, that a lion, when they wake up each day, they know that they simply need to outrun the slowest prey. They don't have to take out the fastest prey. They just got to outrun the slowest prey or the weakest prey. Think about that. And when gazelles wake up uh, on the African plain in the morning, guess what? They wake up knowing I've got to outrun the predator. My goal today is to eat and outrun this predator. And the, the key is, is this. We both have to get up and keep moving. And the Bible teaches us the same goes for us spiritually to get up and keep moving. And my tendency and not your tendency is when we get weary, when we get feeble, is to slow down and to put a chair down and to take a rest and to begin to. And, and here's what happens. God is moving. And when we do that, when we rest, we take a moment to just rest and we get a, the God is moving. And here we are staying stationary and, and the Lord is moving away from us. So we have to remember, do not forget this. Everyone say, remember, don't forget. You're going to get that before the end of the day. Remember, don't forget. All right. And Amalek has a strategy, and Satan has a strategy, and Amalek attacks the back of the pack, and Satan attacks the back of the pack. You know who the devil wants to knock down? The weary, the feeble, those who are in the back of the pack, those who are lagging behind, those who are struggling. Right? So, and so goes our adversary, the devil, knowing he can catch the weary person, knowing that he can catch the feeble person because they're tired and the one that's lagging behind. And this is what I know. This is what I know. You ever play a game with somebody who doesn't play fair? Isn't that frustrating? You ever play Monopoly and somebody cheat? You ever play Uno and cheat? Put multiple cards down at once. Just you got to be you got to be good at it. I, I don't really like Uno. I'm going to be honest with you, um, but the the enemy doesn't play fair. He doesn't try to reason with you. He doesn't face you. Doesn't want to face you. He wants to attack you from behind. He wants to catch you where you're off guard or where you're your weakest. Amen. And he's simply after the back of the pack. And, and I, I know I'm driving this point home, but, it, but it's important that we understand it because I want you to remember, and I don't want you to forget. All right? I'm reminding you today, and that's the plan, and that's the strategy of the enemy. The Amalek always attacks the back of the pack. Everyone say the back of the pack. All right, good. You guys are doing good. Say TJ. Uh, well, you don't have to say that. You guys are doing good. It's like Simon says. You're all out. No. You say, uh, you say, TJ, I'm weary and I'm feeble and I need a break. How many of you have ever felt that way before? Sometimes you just, you get tired. I'm spiritually tired. I'm spiritually fatigued. I'm, I deserve a break. And Moses would remind us, remember, do not forget. When we get complacent in our spiritual walk, if we aren't careful, we will find ourselves in the back of the pack. I remember in high school one time, this girl liked me. I had that problem a lot in high school. These girls just always liked me. Y'all don't believe me, huh? Uh, but this girl liked me, and I didn't like her. I just didn't like her, and and uh, and I just she she kind of kept pestering me and pestering me, and I just finally told her I, I just was not interested. And she got upset, and you know, you know, junior high love or you know whatever freshman love, whatever it was. And she got upset and went went boohooing and crying. And she had a brother that was in my grade. She was a little bit younger than me. And um, she had a brother in, in my grade. And he 
one day at lunch, we used to at our lunch we would we would be in the gym, and uh, I went to a small school in Missouri, and we would be in the gym, and everyone would be in the gym. Everybody was there, right? And uh, after lunch, anybody know what I'm talking about? My small school people know what I'm talking about. All all 200 of us, woo, whole high school. Um, and uh, I remember being there, and I went into the locker room, and no one was in the locker room. I don't remember why I went in there. I went in there with my friend. And this young man, brother of this sister, he came in, and he had like three upperclassmen. And, and guess what they did? They surrounded me in the locker room. <laughs> then they look like you're surrounded. Right? That's what I felt like. And I remember thinking, man, and the guys that he brought with him were much bigger than me. And my friend that was with me, I was like, I'm, on I'm by myself here. This guy ain't going to help me. And, and I remember thinking, and they, they, they confronted me. They're like, are you mean to my sister? I'm like, listen, I don't like your sister. I'm not trying to be mean to your sister. I just, like, this is where I'm at, you know, whatever. And uh, he, they began to surround me, and, and, you know, I don't know what they were going to do. But, listen, it's like the Lord protected me because I don't know, out of the blue, out of the blue, the principal walks into the locker room. Weird. I don't know. He walks into the, the locker room, and he goes, Hey, gentlemen, let's let's clear out of here. And I remember as we walked out going, thank you, God. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded. No, that song wasn't even out then. And I remember walking out of there and feeling surrounded. And, and have you ever felt spiritually surrounded and just like the enemy was attacking you and you didn't know which way you were going to turn? And, and the worst place that you can be spiritually is at the back of the pack. When we're moving, when when the, the army of the Lord, the good shepherd is leading us, is to be at the back of the pack. The safest place you can be is front and center in the battlefield next to the good shepherd as he's leading you. Because the closer you are to the shepherd, the further the adversary is from you. It's a good reminder to you and to me. And, and, and Amalek, it attacks the back of the pack. And, and this is a word we need to remember and we cannot forget because I don't know, in my life, uh, uh, in my, I was trying to calculate how long I've been saved. And I, I'm old and I'm getting older every day. But, you know, I, I remember getting saved at a young age. But, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this. But I've seen some battles and I've experienced some things in my life. Anybody experienced some battles, some spiritual battles and experienced some tough times? And, and here's what I've learned. I cannot afford to kick back and put the cruise control on spiritually. And a lot of us, man, it's so easy to get in that mode. The other day I was driving, uh, and I was with, with Wyatt and, and B.J. Weaver, and we were driving down the road, and I put the cruise control on, and me and, me and B.J. Weaver were talking. And, uh, and I said, B.J., I said, I'm a little bit tired. And he told me, he, goes, he told me, he said, put the cruise control on, Pastor. Whatever B.J. does, I do it, okay? And so I put the cruise control on, and we're driving along. And I said, B.J., with this cruise control on, I think I'm going to take a nap. And I put my head back. Close my eyes. He said, Pastor, you can't go to sleep. I said, oh, oh, okay, okay. But but many of us, many of us spiritually, that's what we do. We put the cruise control on, and we grow a little bit tired, and we next thing we know, we've got ourselves in a bad situation. You say, I'm weary. I need a rest. Well, let's. I want to look at a couple of examples today. Here's the first one. Here's a weary, the weary servant that I want to talk about, the weary servant. You say, I've been serving Jesus a long time. How many have been serving Jesus a long time? All right. And I'm older now. 
I'm getting older every day. Keeps the alternative, right? And now I'm, I, 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 I'm, uh, it, it's easy for me as I get older to, to say, oh, I could just spiritually just step back and put on cruise control. And, and here's, here's a guy in Scripture that was, was a godly man. He led troops into battle. He won many great battles in the name of the Lord. He was the commander, and he was the king of the nation. And this guy's name was King David. Everyone say, King David. A man after God's own heart. Don't you wish that God would put that title on you? Far from perfect, but, but a man after God's own heart. He loved God, was being used by God, but found himself in a position to be weary. Look at this. I want, I want to show you something. At, I, I found this interesting. At the age of 50, at the age of 50, I want to say 50. I'm not 50. But at the age of 50, he decided not to go to war with the army. He was the king. He was the commander. He should have been the guy leading the troops at that moment. But he made a decision because he said, I fought some battles. I've been doing this. And you know what? This is what I'm going to do. This fighting season, they had fighting seasons back then. We have football and baseball and hockey season. They had fighting season. No lie. It's what they did in the spring and the summer. They, they would have wars. They were like, we're going to plan our war in the spring. So you better be ready. That's what they did. And anyways, and so he should have been out there fighting this battle. And, uh, and, and, and why did they have those seasons? Because, you know, it's hard to logistically move people in the wintertime with rain and all these things. And they didn't have all the special things that we have now. But, but they would fight in the spring. And so David finds himself not leading like he's supposed to be leading. He finds himself, and many of you know this story, finds himself in the palace, taking a break, on cruise control, resting, I'm weary, I'm tired. So David, the king, you know what he does? He lets his commander, Joab, go out and le do the work, but he says, I'll take, I'll take a rest, and I'll be alone. And you know the story, as he was there alone in, in, in the palace there, number one, there's two places he's, where he's not supposed to be. He should have been out with, with the armies, number one. Number two, he found himself in the palace at a particular time of the day, and obviously he knew that particular time of the day where the women would come out and they would bathe. And he found himself in that moment. He sees this woman named Sheba, and she's taking a bath. That's why they call her Bathsheba. You guys don't pay, pay me to tell jokes. And, she, and he's watching her, and as she bathes, he's being tempted by his flesh. James tells us that we're pulled away by the temptations of our flesh. Say, oh, was that the enemy? Oh, I think the enemy knew his weakness. So there he sees this woman, and as he sees her, he begins to lust after her, and he says, I desire her. He's the king. Nobody's going to question him. So what does he do? He calls her in. Hey, you know what? She's a married woman. Didn't matter. I'm the king. I'm going to do whatever I want. And he finds himself in this situation, and he just gets himself into a deeper and deeper situation. And then she ends up getting pregnant. Whoops. And in that moment, she finds out she's pregnant. David, being the smart man that he is, says, I can take care of this. I know how to do this. We're going to go get her husband who's out fighting the battle where I should be. We're going to bring him back. 
and we're going to have him come here, and we're going to have him be with his wife for the night, and then everything will be peachy keen. We'll, we'll take care of this, and nobody will know the difference. And this is amazing. When they went and got Uriah, they brought him back. Uriah had the integrity that David should have had. And when he got back, David tried to liquor him up. They tried to get him drunk. They tried to get him to sleep with his wife. And he said, I cannot sleep with my wife when my friends are out in the battlefield right now where I should be. Because he had that kind of integrity. And a matter of fact, you know the story as, he, as David, he's got himself in this situation. Not only has he, has he fornicated and he's, he's having a baby out of wedlock, but, but he also is, is, he's got this issue with Uriah. And so now Uriah, so what happens? He begins to craft and he begins to think in his mind, what can I do? What can I do? And he sends him back to the battlefield with, 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 with basically the assignment to give to Joab to say, hey, when, when they're fighting, just let Uriah go fight on, by himself and let him just be taken out. Basically, he had him murdered. What started as a simple sin of fornication led him to be a murderer. It's amazing to me. He, he caught him. He found himself in the back of the pack alone. You hear what I'm saying today? Not front and center, not in the battle, but he, he thought, oh, the world will be my oyster right now. I have these opportunities right here in the palace. This is all going to be about me. And his life would never be the same, nor his family or his kingdom. And we can easily become victims of the same mentalities. You say, oh, many of you have been saved a long time. Maybe, maybe you're over the age of 50. Maybe you've been saved 50 years. I don't know how long you've been saved. And many of you say, hey, I've done great things. I've led ministries. I've served in ministry. I've been walking with the Lord for many years. And, and he's even used me to do great things in the kingdom. And, and it, it, it's, uh, it'll be okay if I, if I don't show up to Bible study. It, it'll be okay if, if someone else leads this ministry. It'll be okay if I don't serve now. It'll be okay if I don't go to prayer meeting. I'm tired. I'm weary. I need a break. I say this. Be careful when you find yourself going further and further to the back of the pack. You'll find yourself in a situation. The enemy knows how to distract you. The enemy knows how to mess you up. You see, you might say this, as you, as you, as you get a little bit further back, you say, oh, it's, it's so much easier. You know what I think? Instead of going to church on Sunday, I think I'm going to take my wife over to Brown County and watch the leaves turn over there. They turn the same color over here as they do over there. I'm just saying. And I'm not saying you shouldn't go out and do things with your wife. I'm just saying I think sometimes we prioritize things and we get things a little bit obscured. Let me tell you something. We have to be diligent in our walk with God. Be front and center, not in the back of the pack. I'm reminding you and I'm telling you, and this is what happens. It's subtle. It's subtle if we aren't careful and we find ourselves slowly drifting to the back of the pack. The king of Israel found himself slowly drifting to the back of the pack. The guy who God said, this is a man after my own heart, found himself drifting to the back of the pack. And I say this, precious people, be careful not to grow weary somewhere in the middle of life saying, hey, I fought the good fight. Now it's time to put on cruise control. I'm going to say it again. Amalek attacked the back of the pack. And the enemy, he'll be waiting on you. And that's, that's someone who's old and been around a long time, you know, and you say, well, maybe that's me. But here's another example. Let's look at another example. Here's another one. Here's the feeble. I want to say the feeble. Look at this. At 30 years old, he wasn't weary. And I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. But he became feeble. He hadn't always been that way. 
And matter of fact, Jesus would say this, smite the shepherd and the sheep will scatter, talking about, about the disciples here. And Peter would say this, not me, Lord, I'm as solid as a rock. You can count on me. You can depend on me, Jesus. I'll be there with you. No one's going to take you down. But then hours later, Jesus was led away to a trial that would ultimately lead to his crucifixion. And where did Peter find himself? At the back of the pack. Following Jesus, but not following him closely. He began to distance himself. Matter, matter, uh, matter of fact, it, it, it says this, that Peter was, was chilled physically as he was there, and, and, and he is, as well spiritually, he was not where he was supposed to be, up front and center, but in the back, away from Jesus, warming himself next to the fires of the enemy. You ought to be careful where you're warming yourself. That's a great word right there. And we know... Uh, and they, they would say this to Peter. They'd say, hey, you're one of his followers. And Peter would say, no, I'm not. Warming himself by the fire. And then another one, maybe a young girl, she said, weren't you with Jesus? And he would say, no. No. You know, kind of reminds me of my kids. No. You know. And then another one would say, I'm sure you're Galilean. Your, your accent's giving you away. You're from the panhandle of Florida. <laughs> and Matthew 26, 74 says this, then, talking about Peter, then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear. He was a fisherman by trade. I think it came natural to him at some point. And he says, I do not know the man. And immediately the rooster crowed, and he knew. I don't know about you. I, I think about Peter's life and he said, Lord, I, I, will, I will be with you. I will fight till the end. I, I will be there with you. But when it came down to it, it was just lip service. I can't help in the, in the climate, in the jungle that we're in, that oftentimes we say a lot of things with our mouth that we can't follow through with our heart and with our, our minds and our spirits. God, I'll follow you. I'll live for you. And the first sign of trouble, we're like, I'm out. I'm out. Bible says, and we have to be careful when we're, when we're feeble, that, that you don't say, hey, I'm not what I should be, I'm not what I used to be, but, but I'll just follow Jesus from afar. And that's where Peter found himself. He, remember, he said, I'll be with you. I, I will not let them take, matter of fact, he, remember, he cut the guy's ear off. Previous to this, he cut the guy's ear off. Jesus healed him. And so he just, he found himself distance from the Lord, distance from the Lord. Your, your soul will become chilled, and you'll find, you'll find yourself chilled by the, and, and find yourself warming by the fire of the world trying to satisfy and warm yourself. Look at this. I'm going to show you something. You'll find yourself on the Internet late at night seeking satis satisfaction from the world, worldly fire. Trying to fulfill your own lust. Maybe looking at sites you ought not look at. You'll turn on media outlets and movies. Maybe you'll turn to alcohol and drugs and fantasies, hoping they will warm your soul, only proving that you've distanced yourself from the Lord. And you'll fall prey. The enemy, when you allow your former sins or tendencies to drive you, they'll drive you to the back of the pack, and the enemy will come in and pounce on you because you're feeble, because you're weary. Remember, don't forget, Satan attacks the weary, the feeble, those 
following afar and the back of the pack. So, so you say this, hey, what if I'm feeble or what if I'm weary? Don't go to the back. It's as simple as that. Don't go to the back. Well, how do I do that? How do I do that, Pastor? Go to the front when we become more engaged. You say the front of the building? No, I'm talking about the front of the fight with the commander. The closer you get to the shepherd, Jesus, the great shepherd, the closer you get to him, the adversary doesn't want to get close to the shepherd. And when you stay close to the shepherd and you're not following from a distance, and you're not weary, and you're not tired, and you're not trying to quit, but you're in the middle of the battle with the Lord, standing with the Lord, fighting alongside the Lord. Go to the front. Become more engaged than ever. Get more involved than you were spiritually and in your devotional life, more committed to services and ministry and worship and the Bible. I know it's practical, but it's true. And remember. My job, right? Not always reveal. Sometimes it's just reminding. Isaiah 40, 31 says this. But those, and I love this scripture because I, I've read it within a, the last couple of weeks many times. But those who wait on the Lord, those who wait or those who trust on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Some of you are weary. Some of you are tired. But you need to learn to trust. You need to learn to wait on the Lord. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be, what, weary. They shall walk and not faint. What happens when we remain front and center? Our strength is not diminished. Matter of fact, it's replenished. It's renewed. It's restored. And I've, I've been walking with Jesus for many years now. And when I've fallen prey, there's been moments where I've fallen prey and been at the back of the pack. And guess what? I've been attacked. But you know what? By the grace of God, I've got myself up again, dusted myself off, got back in line, got as close to the shepherd, got to the front of the fight again, began to swing my sword. Sword of the Spirit. And instead of following my, my fleshly tendency, God sustains me, and God gives me strength, and if he'll do it for me, he'll do it for you. I believe that today. Listen to me. I, you guys are being so in t in, in attentive today. We're involved in a battle. We're, we're in a spiritual battle. We're in a, we're in a fight. And Peter, who reminded us that the devil is a roaring lion, and Moses told us to remember and not forget these attacks. And so we, we have to re be reminded of these things, and we're in a battle. But there is a day that Amalek will be blotted out. When Satan is cast into the lake of fire, according to Revelation 20.10. Now look at this. I want to show you something amazing. Matter of fact, in Isaiah 14, 16, 17 tells us that we're going to narrowly look at Satan at that day. When we're, when we're in heaven and when we're surrounded by, by Jesus, when, we, when we've arrived, we're going to look narrowly at Satan. What does that mean? With furrowed brow, and we're going to be scratching our heads and say, is this the guy that kept so many people captive? Is this the devil that we were running from? Is this the guy who shook kingdoms? Is this, is this, the, is this the thing that brought destruction? Is this the devil that tricked me? He's nothing. And the more that we understand that when we have that revelation of what he actually is, when we know what he actually is, we can stand in authority because Jesus Christ has overcome the world. He's overcome everything. Bow your heads with me.
all across this building. Until that day, we have to remain fully engaged in the front and center of the battle, in our devotional life, in our personal walk, in our service to the king. In so doing, not only will you please him greatly, not only will, will your strength be renewed daily, but the arrows of the Amalek will never reach you when you're in the front. Maybe you're here today and you say, hey, pastor, I feel like that the enemy has ambushed me. I feel like I've, I've become weary. I've become feeble in my, my walk. I need strength in my life today. So, pastor, that's me. Would you just lift your hand? Anybody in the building? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Strength will rise when we wait upon the Lord, when we trust in Him. Take a moment just to, will you just, at this moment, while you're there, will you just ask the Lord to, to help you? I pray strength upon each and every life that's here, each and every believer, each and every person right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I pray, Lord, that they would have renewed strength. God, your mercies are renewed each and every morning. So, God, there's new strength today for those who are weary. There's new strength today for those that are feeble. God, we just accept it, God. We, we step into it, God. We're not going to let the roaring lion, God, cause confusion in our lives, God. Forgive us, God, for, for lagging behind. God, forgive us, God, for falling to the back of the pack. But, God, help us to get up into the front of the fight. God, closer to the shepherd, God, as we get closer to you, our great commander, God. God, the enemy will flee as we get closer to you, God. God, strength will be renewed and strength will arise in our hearts. Will you stand with me all across this building? I believe that God's done something powerful in this service. Our needs were met. We I was able to pray specifically for a couple of people over here. But I believe that God wants to touch your need today. God wants to touch your heart today. They're going to sing this song. I, I want you to just take a moment. Can you lift up your hands? And, and can you ask the Lord to renew your strength? God, thank you for that reminder today. God, thank you for helping us to remember. God, don't let us forget. Lord, the enemy always attacks from the back, he goes after the weak, the feeble, the weary, those lagging behind. God, we are not going to be the people that are lagging behind, but God, we are the head, not the tail. God, we are, we, God, Lord, <laughs> you have appointed us, God, you have anointed us, God, to step forth into what you have for us. God, the kingdom of darkness, God, has to run because you are with us. God, I pray, Lord, that we be light in a dark and dying world. Can you lift your hands and just ask the Lord to touch you today? Now, I don't need to lay hands on you. You, you could do it right where you're at. Just, just, just bear with me just a moment. I believe God's going to do a work in some lives. God's going to strengthen some people. I believe God's going to speak to the weary. God's going to speak to the feeble. God, I pray right now, Lord, that you would do that.